Life can be stressful, even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research and can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Go to headspace.com slash C-suite for a free one-month trial. Headspace.com slash C-suite. crystal ball, what would you do with it? I mean, if you really had a crystal ball where you could see what was coming in the future, you know, what would you do? If you could predict or you could see or you could forecast what was coming down the road, what would you do? And the reason I say that is most people are not professional investors because they don't have a crystal ball. They can't see anything. So they turn to things like pension plans and what we in America call a 401k and IRAs and what I call passive investments. So they invest in financial assets such as stocks, bonds, mutual funds, and they subscribe to the buy, hold, and pray, you know, and stuff like that. And it has worked. It has worked for years now. In fact, as I am speaking right now, the Dow is supposed to press 20,000, you know. But there's one thing I caution people about the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The key word is industrial. And we're now in the information age. So everybody's all excited about the Dow Jones Industrial Average pushing 20,000. And that's a magic number. Only a few years ago, it was 11,000. And suddenly it's zooming up. So the question is, if you had a crystal ball, is this baby going down? Is it going to go up? Is it going to be happy days forever? And all the reports I see, you know, this Trump guy has really, he's a good friend of ours. But he's going to make this whole thing sing. We're going to go to Dow 25,000, maybe 30,000. So you never know. The world economy is booming and everything is happy. Consumer confidence is up. But again, I go back to the question. If you had a crystal ball, what would you do? Would you look at it or would you not look at it? Would you rather buy, hold, and pray in stocks, bonds, and mutual funds for the long term in the Dow Jones Industrial Average? Very important word here. So a special guest today is Rich Dad Advisor Andy Tanner. He is my special, he's my go-to guy when it comes to the stock market. As you, most of you know, I am not a stock market guy. I got out in, in July. I said, I want, I, want, I want nothing to do with this rise because every boom eventually goes to a bust. So that's why I stepped out. So Andy is the author of Stock Market Cash Flow. Is rather than buy, hold, and pray, Andy being a technical trader versus investor. A trader is somebody who's going in and out, and I prefer to be an investor. Like in my real estate, I'd rather go along and collect cash flow forever. I, I hate working. I just love the income coming in every month from my 6,000 or 7,000 rental properties. That makes more sense to me than chasing a little bouncing ball out there. Most baby boomers, large percentage, are terrified of running out of money as old guys when they're, you know, they'll outlive their retirement money. 
So that's why the Rich Dad Radio program is around. We want to keep people away, awake, paying attention, what's going on. So we don't give financial advice. We just talk about what you might need to know and study. Our very special guest today is Sandy Ledeja. And I met Sandy in Dubai not too long ago. And he's a fascinating character. And then I met him again in Amsterdam about a month later. And every time I talk to Sandy, I go, this guy, Sandy, has the crystal ball. So today we're very fortunate. Sandy is in Taipei, Taiwan, you know, Trump's favorite country right now. And, uh, <laughs> and he's coming all the way in from Taipei, and he's going to talk about what his crystal ball has to say. And the reason I have Andy as well as Sandy on the program, Sandy and Andy, is when I looked at Sandy's charts, and I studied technical analysis for three years, and it's, it's beyond my brain. I'm a real estate guy. I'm real slow. But I was watching Sandy's charts. Sandy's charts go far beyond any other technical charts I have ever seen, ever, 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 ever. Sandy's forecasts are fairly accurate. Their forecasts are not predictions. Is that correct, Sandy? Absolutely. We, we try to avoid that word prediction because what it is is a state of mind if you tell somebody that we predict something's going to happen, it forces your brain to believe that it will happen. Whereas if you say forecast, you're intelligent enough to say, well, I'm going to be flexible because if that doesn't happen, I'm prepared for plan B. So uh, I've seen a video of you on CNBC, and you're the go-to guy. Anytime they want to understand what's going to, there's going to be a turn in the market someplace, how many times would you say you're accurate in your forecast versus prediction? It's been 15 in a row right now, and we did a program on CNBC in, in, in 2015 with Jeff Cutmore. And one of the reasons we came back onto the show for, for January 2016 was there's a very specific chart, which, which Robert, you and I both looked at this chart, which actually goes back to sort of the early 1900s. And I said, if I've been getting this right for all these years, this is the one I really hope that I'm completely wrong because I don't want to see what we saw in the 1928-1929 crash happen again. But I'm a data person, so all I do is I just look at the numbers and then I'll forecast and say this is the most likely probability. And that probability suggests we are going to probably see one of the biggest crashes that we've experienced. And most people are not even ready or prepared. And all investing and trading, whatever you want to call it, is simply about preparation. I, I want to uh, go step back a little bit because, you know, Andy, you're a technical analysis guy. If you saw uh, Sandy's charts, the sophistication that he's taken to the level, and I wish I could show you because they're pictures. You know, it's like looking at a movie almost, except they're, and they're not numbers. They're just these ups and downs and lines and all this. But one of the best things about my work is I get to travel the world and meet interesting characters. And Sandy, by today, is probably the most interesting because he stands up on stage and he says the same thing I'm, I've been saying. He says, we're in trouble. We're in big trouble right now. And most people aren't paying attention. So when Sandy talked about he says, I hope I'm wrong, he says the same thing I say, I am hope I'm wrong. Any comments there, Andy, about, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's three things that Sandy said that people should very, very much take note of. Um, I absolutely love and agree with what Sandy said, and I, I liked his word forecast rather than prediction. And you might think of a weather 
a meteorologist, a weather person, says, look, there's a 79% or a 70% chance of sunshine, or there's a 30% chance of thunderclouds. And so when you get that forecast, the next word he used was preparation. So I might take my umbrella with me so I'm ready just in case the forecast is right, you know, if I've got a picnic plan that day. But the third thing that people might not have caught is he said, look, I just look at the data. I don't get passionate. I don't root for one or the other. I don't really have a, a bias uh, uh, in my heart and emotion. He's dispassionate. He says, look, the data is what the data is. I'm going to look in, in, uh, in my chart, and I'm going to make preparations. And I think those three things are just marvelous for people to think about, is that he doesn't have a dog in the hunt about whether it goes up or whether it goes down. He's just simply going to look at what he sees, and he's going to prepare accordingly. And people do well to learn this, uh, maybe not the level Sandy has, but on a basic level where they can at least appreciate that these forecasts can be accurate. Um, you know, better than half the time. So once again, Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. Today we're talking to Andy Tanner, his Richard advisor, and he's author of Stock Market Cash Flow and 401 Chaos, and Sandy Dadeja. Is that correct, uh, Sandy? Dadeja. Dadeja. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and we're talking about technical analysis. When you see his charts, it'll take your sophistication level to a whole new level. Sandy goes around the world. He's in Taipei right now. He lives in London. He was born in Kenya. He's a, of Indian from India descent. And I think right now all of us are privileged to be listening to such great minds, both Andy as well as Sandy, because if Sandy is correct, and I've been calling this for a number of years now, I call 2016 the year when it would all change. And it's changing hard and fast right now. It was not a, it was not a prediction. It was a prophecy that we could not... Rich Dad's prophecy was that we couldn't contain and sustain this level of insanity. I, and when I saw Sandy's charts, it took my breath away. My Rich Dad said the same thing back in the 70s and the 80s. Been set up. And if you understand that, then you'll be able to prepare. This is not happy days or here or again. We might be going into the next depression. So our guests today are Sandy Dadeja. He's a technical analyst and chief market strategist at Core Spreads. His website is mastertradingstrategies.com. Our other guest is Rich Dad advisor Andy Tanner. He's the author of Stock Market Cash Flow, that you can make money, especially when the markets are going down and you don't really care if it's going up. And 401 Chaos, so all of you guys out there with your pensions, this is your program today. So we've been talking about the biggest stock market crash coming in history. So in around 1999, I wrote Rich Dad's Prophecy. I said it was coming around 2016. And people say, well, the stock market didn't crash. I said, yeah, but what crashed was interest rates and oil prices. And pension plans are starting to crash now. And the euro is coming apart. So when you look at that, those are severe enough. Then I met Sandy in Dubai just recently, as well as Amsterdam, and his technical analysis is so accurate, I mean, so profoundly sophisticated. So let's just get right into it, uh, Sandy and Andy. Sandy, you talk about 2017 and 2018 being crucial years to pay attention. You, you also talked about pension plans. So let's let's get into it. What what do you see? What do your what are your what is your crystal ball? What are your charts telling you? Okay. Well, the first thing is that there's 
obviously we've had the run-up uh, since the, the low of 2009, uh, from March 2009, and it's been a one-way street all the way. And as we know, things don't always continue to go up. There's a, a critical point or a climax point where anything will reach and it will turn. Now, as far as the markets are concerned, there's three things that I look for. One is obviously price. We, we all focus on price. Where is the market right now? The second is pattern. But the third and the most important is time. And very, very, very few people even pay attention to time. If you think about a year, there are four cycles in a year. And one of the clearest seasons that we can see things clearly in is in the summer cycle because you've got longer daylight. Now, as far as I'm concerned, where the markets are right now, we're in the summer season. This is the highlights, and then we'll go into an autumn season and then what I call the winter depression. So the markets still have a little bit of leg room. They've, they're reaching for 20,000, which is a psychological number. As far as I'm concerned, we're already at a halfway point right now where we could see a turn. We'll see a pullback. And in March, we really need to watch that hurdle in March. The, the time cycle says that in March we could see quite a sharp dip. But that could take the market still higher. But 22,000, at that point, you'll hear the media talk about it saying there's no recession, Donald Trump's done a great job, the Federal Reserve's done a fantastic job, everything's fine. And that's when you need to get out. There are, there are three phases. You're either in the market for long, you're in the market for short, or you stand aside. All of my clients, all the advisors that um, I've been talking to, I've said this is a time to just stand aside. Bank your profits. You don't want to catch every single cent movement. You want to bank what you've achieved right now, but then stand on the side. My next position will be a short position. So Andy Tanner, Richard Advisor, author of Stock Market Cash Flow and 401 Chaos. What comes into your mind? Because you're my technical go-to guy. Yeah. The, well, first of all, when people hear the word technical analysis and chart, they might not really know what all those lines mean. And so if you think about what you do every day, if all of a sudden gasoline uh, was to drop significantly. Let's say you're in the United States, it gets down maybe to a dollar a gallon. People are going to say, my gosh, you know, I'm going to fill up. I'm going to start to buy. So when prices fall, people start to buy and it's hard to get prices down because when things are cheap, people get excited to buy. And so we look at those types of levels of supply and demand in a chart and it, it, it'll establish a floor. Then if, but, it, but if gasoline got up to seven or eight dollars a gallon, People might say, you know, I'm not going to buy that. I'll learn to ride a bicycle before I'll pay $8 or, or $6 a gallon. And so it creates ceilings. And so technical analysis to me at its core is simply a, a history of where people have tended to be resistant to high prices but very supportive of low prices. Right. And, 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 and that's, that's all very good, but I'm asking you this right now. What do you say? What do you any comments on what Sandy's saying? Because he's the guy that he is CNBC's go-to guy. And, well, I and and I, this is and if he's correct, okay, if he's correct, because you've been calling it also with the four hundred one chaos and all this stuff, and uh, Sandy's not the only guy calling it twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. Yeah. So what would you say to people right now? This is not this is not technical trading one hundred one. This might be CYA now. Yeah, I, I think it comes down to preparation again. That's what I see and what I so hear. So, what questions when, would you? Uh, so, what question, Andy? What like questions so. would you have for Sandy right now? Because this is not. Look, I'm I'm going to ask this. Okay, if you could take his class, would you? Would you take Sandy's class? 
hundred percent. Okay, so that's 100%. really what this is. What Rich, we're not saying Rich doesn't make recommendations what to buy, what to sell, and this is like the limitation right now is you haven't seen Sandy's charts, and I have, and what Sandy is what what Sandy showed me, like he says, I wish I'm, I hope I'm going to be wrong. What he showed me, and Sandy, I know we don't have pictures because your charts are so much far beyond any other charts I've ever seen. We're kind of deja vu all over again with 1929 or 19-something. Like, is that what you're saying, Sandy? Yeah, there's, there's very specific cycles. Um, you know, think about, let's just talk about a daily life. You wake up in the morning. Is there something that you do every day? You know, you, you, there's a routine. And the financial markets, stock markets, is just really a collection of human emotion. And these cycles just keep repeating again and again. Take, let's take Starbucks. If we took Starbucks or 7-Eleven as an example, would we agree that there's a specific time when there's a rush in the morning? So in other words, the, the, the cash tills are ringing away because people are going to work. Then it slows down. And then it picks up again in the afternoon. Then it slows down. There's a tea time rush and then a late evening rush. If we take a look at that just as data, just as data, and as boring as it is, it shows us there are specific times when the, the, the cash registers will rise, then they'll drop off, rise and drop off. Now, if we apply that to the financial markets, we can find cycles on a short-term basis and a long-term basis. And there's a wonderful quote by Paolo Coelho which says, when you possess great treasures within you and you try to tell others of them, seldom are you believed. And that's the difficulty of being an educator is that you're actually showing people that you actually have these treasures within you. It's just very simple maths. So let me ask you this. Why are, why are you saying that we're, you hope you're wrong? What is causing this pattern to repeat? And you call it an 84-year cycle. What does that mean to, to the war, people listening as simple as possible? So it's basically, again, the re repetition of patterns. So in, in, in the global economy, we have five-year cycles, you know, property people have heard about the seven-year cycle and the 20-year cycle. But there are other long-term cycles, and there's an 84-year cycle, which basically is if you take the data and you keep going back 84 years, 84 years, 84 years, there's something interesting that pops out in the economy. So the last time we had that cycle was in 1928, and it ran all the way until 1928 up until 1932. So if we take that as a starting point, we now come into a major cycle period where my, my concern is that if that same cycle repeats again, which started in 2011 and the time window completes in 2018. So here's what this means. If we see a repetition of this cycle again, and what we saw in the start of 1929 all up to 1923 was a huge crash. That was the, the Great Depression. That gives us a very, very short-term time window because we're now in 2017. And many people won't believe that this is a very strong possibility of that occurring again. So all it means simply is that suddenly this stock market could crash starting overnight. You could see multiple hundreds of points being wiped out. So what's that going to do for pension funds? What's that going to do for the average investor on the street? Because they've got no idea of what's going on. They're just going to hold on thinking everything's going to rise back again. And so the conversation I had with you, Robert, as well, is that, you know, Donald Trump's quite bullish, and he's saying everything's going to be fine, going to save the economy. He's actually standing in the midst of a crisis. 
And so a lot of people are going to get it wrong. And this is quite a bold call from the President of the United States, from the Federal Reserve, to the economists. But the, the people that are going to suffer is the average person on the street. And all they need to do is to wake up and get educated. So I'm hoping that this cycle, I completely get it wrong. I'd well, rather be wrong than see devastation. But you, you've been, you know, how many years have you been doing this? And like, like when I was talking to you, I got your sincerity that you're afraid. You know, when you were standing on stage, just like I was, I've been on, you know, on the same stage. And we're saying the same thing, but we're saying it from different patterns, different points yeah. of view. Now, El Arian, Mohammed El Arian, a former from PIMCO, is saying the same thing. Ray Dalio is saying the same thing. So what do you see? What, what, what is your, you know, what are you concerned about? What, what would you say to people right now? I wish we could, um, you know, be really good at, at some point in 2017 maybe we can do a conference and invite a lot of people because seeing is believing and when you show people that if you could see this we just had a program on the weekend actually in singapore and these people have no experience and the room was silent and they said why isn't the world seeing this and I said, because most people don't want to see it they just rather put their head in the sand what i'm seeing is this that every single time, Robert and Andy, every single time, the market has hit what I call a timeline in 1987, in 1929, and then recently in 2000, then 2007, and now again, coming into 2017, every single time that this market has hit this very specific timeline, we've always seen a pullback of at least 15 to 20%. And each time the pullback or the correction is getting bigger, and bigger and bigger. So the drop from 2008, the 2007 high, all the way down to 2009, as far as I'm concerned, this one's going to go past that. So can you imagine how many funds are going to be wiped out? And, and the, the problem that we have, and as you know, is that people are now coming to a retirement age. The other concern is that we've got this huge debt crisis, huge We've got the Federal Reserve debt, and then you've got credit card debt, and then the one that people are not even talking about is the student debt. These students have borrowed money off their parents, or they're borrowing credit cards. So you've got multiple debt crises coming in at a very specific timeline. And when all of these things meet together, all it points to is crisis. But as far as I'm concerned, that crisis is going to create one of the best opportunities for this generation and the next generation. So the question is, what are people going to do, sit on the sidelines or get educated? So once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. Our guest today is Sandy Jadeja, and his, um, can, his website is mastertradingstrategies.com. Again, he and I were in Dubai and Amsterdam together, and the best thing about my work is I get to hang out with guys like him as well as Andy Tanner. And I just I'm, the reason I want Andy and Sandy to be on the same uh, same program is I'm encouraging Andy to, you know, we all invest in our financial education. If Andy and Sandy can get together and if Andy could see the charts I saw, because Sandy's charts are far beyond anybody else's charts I've ever seen. And when I saw it, I got the message. The trouble is it's a picture. I can't do it in words. So when we come back, we'll be talking more about the purpose of financial education I know Sandy would like to have every, have a big conference, but it's not going to do much good. I don't think we have time right now because, as I said, Ray Dalio, the man I respect, and Mohammed El Arian, they say we got two years. Really simply, there's two kinds of, fork, of, 
analysis. One is fundamental. Fundamental is we look at the income statement and balance sheet as well as the statements of cash flow, which is the cash flow game. The second is technical analysis is when you look at the, you know, the markets going up and markets going down. That's mar- it's measuring technical analysis measures the emotions, the, the sentiment of the market. Prices are going up, prices are going down. That's technical analysis. And for years, I studied both because I, 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 you need to know both. An average person doesn't have any idea technical versus fundamental. They just go, oh, what did my, what did my financial planner recommend? I'm going to buy, hold, and pray and invest for the long term. i got a 401K. I'm safe. I'm going to save money. And that's why we have the Rich Dad Radio Show. So today I'm kind of panicking because years and years ago when the 401K came out, my Rich Dad said that is the biggest screw job we've ever seen. They're going to rip the soul out of the American middle class in the stock market. And I didn't understand it. You know, I was a kid at the time. But today, the more I study, the more I see it, the more I can see it. I can see it clearly now. If you have a 401k or a pension right now and you're saving money, you're toast. You're probably not going to make it. Now, I'm not trying to scare you to scare you for sake. I'm going to suggest that the reason we have a Rich Dad radio program is we don't make predictions. We don't recommend you buy this or buy that. I encourage you to increase your financial education, something we have nothing of in our school system. You know, they tell you to go to the bank and save money, take out student loan debt, and get an education and there's no jobs. I mean, that is nuts. We're crazy right now. So the reason I have Sandy Jadeja on our program is because he's taken technical analysis to a whole nother level of sophistication. He teaches courses. But we've all got, including me, got to be better educated because, you know, tomorrow is not going to be like yesterday. At least when I saw uh, Sandy's charts, I was I was shocked. It's deja vu all over again, back to 1928. And that's what I've been seeing coming, people have been seeing coming. So please pay attention. Sandy, any, any questions for Sandy? Yeah, first of all, Sandy, you know, I was listening carefully to what you said, and you said, you know, this is a forecast, and so you have a plan A and you also have a plan B. Can you tell me more about what it looks like and how important it is to have two plans as you look at charts. Sure. The, the first thing is, uh, are you uh, an investor? In other words, are you managing your money or is your money in somebody else's hands? And if the, if the answer is the second one where somebody else is managing it, then the question you've got to ask yourself is, are you going to be happy for that person to manage that money? As far as I'm concerned, mm. with all the tools and the, the software that we have nowadays, Anybody can learn very simple tools and techniques on how to manage money. It's not as simple as that, though, because it's, it's easy to use a software. The, the problem that we have is you know, in our head. The brain just gets in the way. And so my plan, and one of the things I'm teaching people, is just learn to recognize very simple patterns, very simple indicators that we can use. One is something called a 50-period moving average. And all that means is that if we take the closing price, every day for 50 days, is the current market above that moving average or is it below? And at the moment, it's above. So things are still looking good. The market's still going up. But just watch out because one day when that market closes below the 50-period moving average, I'm not saying it will, but there's a strong possibility we could see a downturn. So you might want to tell your advisor, hey, you know what? I want to step out of my fund. Is there any way that I can just liquidate and just stand on the sidelines? preferably even go short. 
Now, I'll give you a number. Dow Jones, 22,000. 22,000 is a very, very key level from a technical analysis perspective and a time perspective. And that simply means that when the Dow gets there, there's a strong possibility we could see the Dow get there. But the maximum time period we have is until 2018. And once the Dow gets there, my opinion is that when we see the signals, more than likely, that should probably terminate there and we should start seeing the market start coming down. And then that's where you'll start seeing other things moving up like gold, silver, and other asset classes. So, Sandy, what makes your charts different than all the other charts I've ever seen? So, as I said earlier on, there are three things. There's price, pattern, and time. And but your charts are different. Both... Your, charts, your charts have different things running through them. Yeah. I've basically taken very simple concepts. I, I hate complication. It puts me off. So what I do is I strip things down, and I make it very simple, very visual. And so one of the things I do is I look at time, you know, just units of time, and I spread them out on a chart in a, a horizontal uh, line. So what we find is that when the markets hit these what I call timelines, they reverse. In 2011, I was on CNBC, and gold was trading at uh, $1,900 per ounce, and everybody was saying gold's going to $5,000 per ounce. So I showed a simple chart which says gold is now reaching this timeline. And my view is that if gold reverses here, the timeline says it's 1785. More than likely, gold could fall down to 1150 And they said, no, nope, gold's going to 5000 Sure enough, gold made a high at 1920 in 2011, and it fell all the way down to 1085. That was a 44% drop, 44% drop, and we haven't seen 5,000. So here are two key numbers for gold. If we see gold fall and close below $1,150 per ounce, we could see gold go all the way down to $725 an ounce. So if we see gold close on a monthly basis below $1,150 an ounce, we could see gold go all the way down to $720 to $700 per ounce. Now, on the upside, if we can clear, if we can go past $1,420 per ounce, gold could all the way um, go all the way back up to $1,785. Right now, we're actually in the middle, so stand on the sidelines. And, and so what I've been doing is showing very simple lines. It's a simple yes or no. Are we at this timeline? Yes. Right, we're going to do something. No, stand on the sideline. That's it. Right now you're teaching all over the world. You any plans on uh, coming to the U.S.? I think the U.S., we're, we're talking about, um, I've actually done programs in the U.S., in, in New York, Vegas, and uh, in Florida. But the plan is to come back this year to really show people visually of what they can see. I always say to people, I'm not going to tell you what I think. I want you to tell me what you think. And it's interesting when you show them just some simple techniques, what people are saying, and they're actually saying, wow, we're worried. So and this year, hopefully, this year we should be able to come over and, and show some people some very simple techniques. You see, the average person right now has been blinded. In my opinion, they've been brainwashed by Wall Street. You know, buy, hold, and pray for the long term, and happy days are here again. And yet I'm going from all the people that I respect, guys like Ray Dalio as well as Muhammad el and they say 2016, 17, and 18 are crucial, crucial turning points in the world economy. And so all the people that are fat, dumb, and happy, and there's approximately 75 million 
American baby boomers who are counting on their 401k to go to 25,000. And if it doesn't go to 25,000 and it drops like Sandy's charts have shown me, there's a lot of baby boomers who will be on the streets. Sandy, is that kind of your concern when you look at what you see in your charts? I'm actually quite scared. The same thing I said on CNBC. I said, you know, this doesn't bother me. It actually scares me. Because if, if this actually occurs, you know, in every single case, we have short-term time windows and long-term time windows. On the short-term time windows, we get three, two to three per year. Fifteen times in a row, I've been correct. And I'm thinking, this is the same tool that I'm using on the long-term charts. We've got it right in every single case. I don't want to get this right because what we could see is the Dow, initially we could go all the way back down to 15,000, which was actually the top for the, the 2007 top. That's, um, that's the first drop. But we could see this drop in, in my charts of three levels, and that could take us all the way from current levels of 20,000 down to 11,000. From 20,000 11,000. So what would that mean for pension plans? Because they're, they're in trouble right now anyway. So what does that mean? Wipeout. That's a wipeout. It's a complete wipeout. And you're just not going to be able to save people from that. There, there, there are three places people are putting their money right now. In the bank, you're getting zero on the bank. In fact, you're actually losing okay, by putting it in the bank. In property, real estate, or in the stock market. And with 0% interest rates, people thought, okay, I'm not going to put it in the bank. And then people looked at the next two options. Do I put it into real estate? And the average person on the street who doesn't even understand the real estate market is saying, it's too expensive. I'm not going to put my money into real estate. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll put it into the stock market. And that's what's really fueled the fire. It's actually lifted the stock indices to new high levels. And so what happens is because they're not able to go short, they're going to get whipped in this big move that's going to come. We're just not going to be able to avoid this. It's going to come, and more than likely, they're going to get wiped out. So they have no savings in the bank. They don't understand cash flow from real estate, and they've just been wiped out in the stock market. What does that spell? Disaster, depression, suicides. It's just not nice. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, like I saw Sandy's charts. They're the most sophisticated charts, graphs I've ever seen. And they're not just one chart of lines moving about. He has multiple scenarios upon one screen. And when they all come in, it's like coming into focus. And when I looked at it, I understand why you know, Sandy is on stage saying, I'm not concerned. I'm terrified. I'm afraid. And so I'm not trying to scare you or be that because... As Andy Tanner always says, it's always a good time. You can, you can do very, very well if you're prepared. If you're carrying an umbrella or you have insurance somewhere that protects your downside, you'll do very, very well. But to sit there and listen to your foolish financial planner who has absolutely they're, – they're not, they're not technical traders or investors. They're salespeople. And so I caution you all to listen. We don't make recommendations what to buy and sell, including gold. But ladies and gentlemen, the Rich Dad Radio is here to uh, you know, encourage you to invest in your financial education. Or as Sandy says, uh, are you in control? Are you investing your money or is somebody investing your money for you? So we're now going in to ask Robert, one of the more popular parts of our program, but you get to ask me questions, which we don't answer. But anyway, you can submit your questions to ask Robert at richdadradio.com. 
Also, I want to thank our very special guest, Sandy Jadeja. And when I saw his charts, like I studied technical analysis for about three years, how to, how to read the tea leaves, as Buffett calls it. And I didn't really understand it, but when I saw Sandy's charts, I got the picture. And as he said, what we're in right now, he says, I'm not just concerned, I'm terrified. And he was up on stage in Dubai as well as Amsterdam, and just now he was in Singapore, and he just called in from Taipei, Taiwan. And he says people are silent when they look at his charts because they get the picture. So Sandy's website is mastertradingstrategies.com. And our guest who stayed with us is Andy Tanner, Rich Dad Advisor, Stock Market Cash Flow. is how you can make money when the markets are going up or going down. And his most important book for all of you with a 401k, 401k OSC. So Andy, it's great to stay on. And this is when you get to ask your questions of Ask Robert. So Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today comes from Antoine in Atlanta, Georgia. Favorite book, Unfair Advantage. After reading 401 Chaos, I've decided it's best that I have a self-directed IRA to build my retirement, but my CPA advises I still hold on to my 401k in the long term. Should I take her advice to hold and still build self-directed IRAs, or should I opt out or roll over the 401k into tangible assets? That's a great question. Andy, you got a reader out there, 401k, somebody paid attention. <laughs> That's good to hear. Good to hear. But again, you know, this is the thing that drives both Andy and I crazy. And the reason why I have Rich Dad Radio is they want advice. Why don't you ask your CPA what he or she has? You know, find out who they are. Most accountants and attorneys are not rich people. They're employees or self-employed. And you better understand who you're taking advice from. That would be number one. So I'm not saying what he or she says to you is good or bad. I'm glad you read Andy Tanner's book, 401 Chaos. But to just simply look for more advice rather than seek education is really, really the issue. If you do not invest in your own education, read your own books. I'm glad you read Andy's book. But here, you've got to ask yourself, what do I need to learn? Or am I going to listen to idiots out there? The reason most people are in trouble is they listen to mommy and daddy. And mommy and daddy are not rich people. They're poor people, most of them. They lose their job like my father did and Kim's father did. They're poor. They're instantaneously poor because they don't know anything about money. So the lesson here on this thing here is who do you take advice from? And if you don't invest in your own foolish education, you're not going to make it. Right, Andy? That's exactly right, Robert. Uh you know when when Kim Kim talks about this very well, uh, where you when you guys were on Oprah and someone asked an advice question, they said, "What I think?" And, and Oprah cut him off and said, "Why are you asking them what to do with your money?" And Robert hit it on the head. It's not about advice; it's about education. If someone says, "Hey Andy, go buy gold," and I do it, I didn't get any smarter. If if someone says, "Hey Andy, go go sell your gold," I didn't get any smarter. And so if I'm asking what to do then that tells me I need to learn more. And that's the real issue, right. advice so, or education. Which one do you want? And we don't give advice on the station because everybody's different. Everybody's in a different point of view. I would never, ever, ever, ever have a 401k. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't have one. I would never have one. I can beat that, I can beat that up and down one side and down the other. Why would I have a 401k? Why would I have an IRA? Those are the questions you should ask yourself. You notice that when Sandy says he's willing to come to the States, 
and meet with my advisors, both Andy Tanner and I jump at it. We would take that course in a heartbeat because yeah. we would actively seek education. I don't want to just take Sandy's advice, right, Andy? That's exactly right. As long as I'm taking advice, I'm limited to the smarts of the person I'm listening to. And, you know, I, I might take advice from Warren Buffett, maybe. I don't know. But I want to learn for myself uh, so I can make my own decisions. So I'm the pilot of the ship. You know, you're, you're the captain of your ship. You know, you're not the first mate. You're the captain of your ship. And you might have uh, advisors around you that you're going to learn from. Uh, you might have an attorney or have a, an account. But you are the guy at the helm. So and, the, and you're the guy that's got to steer this thing. Oh, woman. You know, so that I'm glad yep. you read Andy's book, 401 Chaos. I would read Stock Market Cash Flow. It doesn't mean you do anything with it, but at least you sought, a, sought education. But for all of you listening right now, if somebody gives you advice, like do this or do that, ask them what they do first. Ask them, can I see, may I see your financials? Most people, most of these advisors, these accountants and attorneys, they don't have financials. If you don't have a financial, you're not a professional investor. I would not take advice from most accountants or attorneys. I make a thousand times more money than they do without working. There's a book called The Cash Flow Quadrant, Rich Dad's Cash Flow Quadrant, E, S, B, and the I. E's employee, S stands for self-employed, B stands for big business, I stands for investor. Most people giving advice are E's and S's. I do not take advice from E's and S's. There's a reason they're kind of effed up. You know, they're all fouled up money-wise. They don't understand money. They work for money. Rich Dad's lesson number one. Rich don't work for money. I am an I quadrant. I am a professional investor. But I still invest my money. I make my decisions. I invest in my education. So we have Rich Dad coaching and Rich Dad education. We have online courses. We have the cash flow game. But don't ask for advice, you guys. Or if you're going to ask for advice, ask them first. Show me your financials. That's the answer. Next question, please. Our next question comes from Jason in Boulder, Colorado. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. In your opinion, is the best way for the average person to prepare for the crisis would be to hold on to cash and real money? Do you think maintaining a near zero balance in a bank account is a good idea? See, again, Andy, this guy's asking for advice rather than education. I can tell you what I do, but it doesn't mean you should do it. Is that correct, Andy? That's right. Um, everyone's their own person. What you do is up to you. So, I, you know, I ask people what they do and all this. But, again, I ask them, what are they doing? What are they doing? And that's the biggest question. You know, if you took your advice from your mother and your father and your brother-in-law, I mean, Kim and I were just, you know, talking to these friends of ours. And here's Kim. She's going over her numbers. And this couple is sitting there. They're very – they've got – they got multiple MBAs. And Kim's asking me questions. I'm asking a question. They're, and they're talking about their IRA. They have no idea what Kim and I are talking about. But they have two MBAs each. They are clueless. Clueless as to what we're doing. And what Kim and I were doing, we're moving millions of dollars to pay less taxes legally. Under the, under the advice of Rich Dad Advisor Tom Wheelwright. And these people are saying, oh, you know, I've got to send They don't. They're MBAs, multiple two MBAs each. They were clueless as to what we were doing, and they could not do what we do. So Kim and I said nothing. We just thanked them, wished them luck in the future. But the point here is this. They think they know all the answers because they have MBAs. 
Those are some of the most stupid people I've ever come across. Any comments on that, Andy? You know, it, it really is true. If if uh, if I if I go out and I ask for advice, I might be asking the wrong question. You know, if I want to know whether or not I should be in cash, well, maybe I should study the dollar. If I want to know if I should have gold, then I'm going to go study gold. If I want to know if I should be in a self-directed IRA, I study self-directed IRAs, and and that would be my comment. So the whole point here is this: when Andy uh, Sandy. Jadeja was the Deja was talking about here is that when I looked at his charts again in Dubai and in Amsterdam, I'm going, holy moly. And so I got all excited because I have a lot of gold, but I don't buy gold for the price to go up. There's a, wealthy people do not buy gold for price. Wealthy buy, people buy gold because they don't trust financial assets, dollars, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I don't trust them at all. They can go to zero in a heartbeat. So I have gold simply as an insurance policy. I don't care if the price goes up and down. Yet, when I looked at Sandy's charts, I went, holy moly. As he said, you know, 725 possible gold. Holy moly, I'm going to just buy as much gold as possible. <laughs> you know, if, if and when that happens, I'm going to just back up the truck on that one. Because at that point, we hit bottom. I want to know where the bottoms are. Andy Tanner and I, you know, we, we, do, we did courses in uh, just... Santiago, Chile recently, and we were talking about how we always want to buy at zero. Yeah. Zero. We don't want the prices high. We want prices at zero. Is that correct, Andy? Yeah. I mean, tough to, tough to have risk when you're buying at zero. <laughs> so anyway, you guys, look, the reason, thank you all for listening to Rich Dad Radio. Thanks for submitting your questions to Ask Robert. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.